Hey, here's what I'd like to do today in, uh, in the message time. We are going to conclude a bit of a journey that we started at the beginning of the year. We have a series that we've called Reset, and uh, we've been going through a variety of different things, especially focusing on the idea of discipleship in the month of February. Today, uh, just as the Lord kind of orchestrated this in just a beautiful way, that we're talking today about discipleship that is missional, that is on mission. And so as we begin to think about that um, and all of these pieces that have just kind of fallen into place, it's just a joy that we've got international missionaries with us and uh, you're going to be challenged. We're going to, at the end of the service today, I'm not going to preach that long. Somebody say amen. Don't say amen. Uh, I'm not going to preach that long because we want to actually commission leaders that we elected at our annual meeting just on Friday. We had a big meeting here and we were going through some different business of the church and we were able to commission different leaders that we have elected. So we're going to actually do that today. So I want to actually save some time in that. But that's also part of being on mission, right? That we are giving and we're serving and we're praying and we're going and we're doing all of these things as part of the mission that Christ has left behind. Uh, as we kind of get our heads going in that direction, we're actually going to preach from Matthew 28 today, a very, very uh, common and popular uh, passage w- that we know as the Great Commission. So I'm going to take you there today. If you have your Bibles, you want to uh, flip over there, you can do that now. Uh, but I do want to give just a couple of highlights from the annual meeting that we had. So we gathered together, we were talking about discipleship, continuing the journey, uh, a variety of different things. There were a few things that I want to highlight. Number one, Uh, We celebrated a lot of good things from 2023. We give all the glory to Jesus for the good work that he has done, and there is a lot to celebrate. If you look at the materials that are uh, at the Info Center, uh, we put a lot of those materials out. Feel free to pick those up, especially if you weren't able to join us at the meeting. Lots and lots of things to celebrate. We give all the glory uh, to the Lord. We talked about the election of new leaders that have come in. We're going to introduce some of those to you today. Uh, We also uh, did some important business. I want the church to know this. We approved, nearly 100% vote, approval of a new pastoral role called Pastor of Spiritual Formation that Dan Min is going to be, Lord willing, filling later in this year. And you can applaud that, that's a good thing. Uh, Dan and Nicole are concluding 10 years of service at ACF. They're going to be finishing this year strong, and then they, they knew going into this year it was probably going to be their last year. And so we've been kind of prayerfully seeing what God would have next. We brought this to our membership to say, we believe this is the direction we want to go. We sought the approval of the members to create that space, which they heartily did accept, and so we're excited to see that. We'll keep you posted as a church as we go forward on that, but I just wanted to say publicly, because some of you were not at that meeting, uh, we want to make sure that you know uh, that that's something that we are working toward, one of the goals we have in 2024. Very excited about that. Uh, Last thing from the meeting that I'll highlight is that uh, Phil Savage, who leads our board of administration, he brought a great little challenge and update for us regarding the Faith Forward Capital Campaign. So it was in 2018 we actually dedicated our newly renovated building. We almost doubled the size of the space out of the gym and some other things like that. It was a little over a $6 million project that we, uh, that we uh, embraced as a church uh, ministry. We are now sort of in the tail end of that with a little less than $1.1 million to go on that. And so we brought this to our church family to simply say a couple challenges. And Phil did a great job challenging us in this way. He said, look, if you've been giving to the Faith Forward campaign, keep giving. We're going to finish the job. We're making tremendous progress. If you've never given to the Faith Forward campaign, 
2024, make it a starting point for you. You could be able to jump on and help us finish the project. And then the last just practical thing that we did and we wanted to share this with you on Sunday morning is we have a big poster, very beautiful, kind of looks like that, and it's in the lobby, sort of on the way out the door. If you are a part of this in any way, if you're given $1 to help us uh, close the gap, we want you to sign that poster because we think that's a really sweet way for us corporately to say we're going to finish the job together. So again, if you're a guest with us here today and you're like, man, we're going to have a little business meeting going on, we just, we're updating you with some things. Uh, if that applies to you, if, if this is where you go to church, we're excited to see that. But the Faith Forward campaign is going on. I'm going to give one last little story for you before we get into the heart of the message. So I was talking to Pastor Seth. Seth was helping lead worship today with the youth, uh, youth uh, band. They did a great job, by the way. Did they not, like, really let us well? So sweet. And I asked Pastor Seth, um, so where are you seeing fruit in the, in the youth ministry? Like, where is God, like, really stirring and doing some things? And so we look for those places, right, because we want to be investing in the ways in, the, you know, God's really working here. Let's, let's really fuel those fires when we see the Lord stirring. And really, almost without hesitation, Seth said to me, the place that we are seeing the most fruit, uh, almost, almost uh, without a close second, is our retreats that we do. Uh, the youth program has a retreat coming up in April, and he said that's just the place we see new commitments to Christ. We love that. We see encounters with God. We love that. We see relationships really formed and growing, and, and we love that as well. And so we put in the bulletin this week, and if you have a bulletin, you can look at the thing. I won't take you there right now. But just to encourage you that that youth retreat, next youth retreat is going to be coming up in April. And so we want you to pray. We want to ask you just to stir, ask that God would stir and do the good work that he wants to do. And in a very practical sense, we want to encourage you. Some of you might be in a place that you would say, I could scholarship a kid right? I could help a kid get to this thing. So I'm asking Seth, what, where's God showing some fruit? He says retreats. If that's something that you put on your heart, you say, you know what? I could scholarship a kid. I could, you know, pay a little bit or give a gift to help somebody get on that retreat so that money is not an obstacle for them to be able to go. Uh, the request is simply just talk to Pastor Seth. You can find him. He's got a giant beard. You almost can't miss him. Uh, uh, a beautiful shaved head and a beautiful giant beard. So uh, talk to Pastor Seth. Reach out to him and, and let him know. If you say, hey, I, I want to know how I can pray. I want to know if I can support in other ways, or if I can scholarship a student that, that wants to go, he'll be delighted for that. I told him I wanted to share that with you guys in the spirit of mission, because that's really what we're about. We want to see the mission of Christ continue to move on, and that is a big part of discipleship. So when we said reset at the beginning of the year, we started in Psalm 90, talking about remember, rejoice, repent, resolve. We moved into Isaiah 43 in this beautiful passage uh, where, where God is saying through the prophet Isaiah, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? And so we spent some time uh, asking God to help us perceive the work that he wants to do here in this new year. We went to Proverbs 3 and talked about walking in wisdom and growing in discipline. And that key word of discipline, don't, don't, don't reject the Lord's discipline. He corrects those he loves as a father corrects his child. And so we're, we're kind of embracing this whole theme of discipline through the month of February, and we started talking about discipline being personal. It has to start with you. It's relational in that we, we have this beautiful gift of the body of Christ, and we grow together. 
Uh, it's transformational, we talked about last week, because it doesn't leave us the same, but the, the discipleship in Christ, we're actually being transformed, the word says, from glory to glory, and today we want to talk about discipleship that is missional, and God's just kind of brought all this together in such a beautiful way. Uh, Matthew 28, a passage that many of us have read many, many times. I'm going to read in, uh, beginning in verse 16. It is a short passage, but man, this thing has global implications that has literally been affecting the church for 2,000 years and continues to affect the church in powerful ways. Matthew 28, 16 and following says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to give you four words. Um, you don't have to put this up on the screen right now. We'll get to them a little bit. But let me give you four words to kind of like prime the pump a little bit. The first word is authentic. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Being a disciple on mission with Jesus, there is something in this passage that calls us to authenticity. So I want you to write the word down, authentic. The second one is authoritative. So we want to understand the authority under which we do ministry. Authentic, authoritative, the third word is active, and the fourth word is assured. Assured. Authentic, authoritative, active, and assured. So we're going to get to those here in just a few moments. When I read this passage of Scripture, and I think about, you know, in a very short kind of phrase, Jesus sets in motion what will become the mission of the church for 2,000 years. And until Christ comes back, we believe that Christ is coming back to regain his church and draw us to himself, until Christ comes back, the mission is still before us. So if you are in Christ today, whether you've been in Christ for a day or two days or years, decades, whatever, the mission before you as a disciple of Christ is missional. That you're not just growing and learning and shaping and being transformed, but then that begins to spill over into your daily life. So I was just thinking about this. When, when Amy and I were asked to step into the role that I'm in now, okay, so I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and when Amy and I were praying about uh, if that was in fact what the Lord was calling us to say yes to, early on, probably even before we said yes, I sensed in my spirit, and I think Amy did too, that when we look at the congregation here, that we sensed that there was something about the placement and the timing and the history and the, the, the work that God has done and the work that God wants to do, that, that I began to sense in my spirit, like, this is not just a congregation. This, is, this has the potential to be a, a world-shaping kind of ministry. Now, you've got to be careful with thoughts like that because they could quickly take you into, look at us, or we're so big, or we're so important. I'm not, I'm not coming from that perspective. 
Uh, if anything, it should make us humble, right? To say, Lord, if you have positioned us in the geographic center of Pennsylvania, which is the keystone state in the nation, which is influential in the world, where the world actually comes into our backyard at this thing we call Penn State University, that there is all of this potential for world shaping that can happen right here. Those are missional thoughts. And if we do not get our attention off of me and my need and what's, what's working well for me and sort of the consumeristic bent that we have, we can miss the mission that is in front of us. So my prayer today in what I think is gonna be a simple message and a short message is just that there would be an anointing that you would receive to say I'm stepping out on mission. Somebody say amen to that. Because when simple people, men and women, say uh, amen to that, um, God-sized things can happen. And that's when the church changes, and that's when the dynamic of ministry can change. So, discipleship. When we talk about discipleship, and I'm borrowing from my friend Brian Cannell when he said this, in a simple way, we would think of discipleship as being with Jesus. There's something very personal about this, that we're not just kind of doing a thing or serving him in a vacuum, but we're actually with him. He is with us. And that's even part of the scripture we're looking at today. We're being with Jesus. We are becoming like Jesus. So as you grow in Christ, you're not staying the same, but you're, you're changing. And some of you have even experienced that recently where you say, you know, it's like the things I used to hunger for, the things I used to go after, like God's kind of shifting those things. Welcome that. That's a good part of discipleship. We're being with Jesus. We're becoming like Jesus. We're doing the things that Jesus does. And so you know, what's the goal in this whole thing of discipleship that's personal and, and relational, transformational, missional? The goal is that we would continue to grow in intimacy with Christ, which is different than just taking on new tasks and things for him. In fact, the real caution that we've got to be aware of in this realm of discipleship comes in Matthew 7, where Jesus actually says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom. In fact, he says, people are gonna say to me, we did all this stuff for you, you know, all these good things. And Jesus will say, depart from me because I never, what? I never knew you. I mean, that, I mean, forever, that has just given me a little pause to say, wow, that that actually would happen. And so part of my calling as your pastor is to say, yeah, not, not on my watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want anybody that goes to this church or part of this ministry to say, well, I did all this stuff for Jesus, but I, I never knew him. And so we continue to call you back in this discussion of discipleship, not to just like, well, you got to give more and pray harder and do more, but, but do you know him? Does he know you? And the beauty is that if that is like the starting point then when we think about discipleship and the missional component, then this phrase we have on, the, have on the screen for you sort of becomes true, that mission now overflows from the intimacy of knowing and being known. And like, if we get that, there's no task that's too big. If we get that, it's, it's we're, we're only doing what God has called us to do out of intimacy with him. So this is where we avoid the danger of, we're not burning out because we're not trying to give something we don't have. We're not trying to take on a Messiah complex and do all the things that Jesus has to do. No, we do the things that he has called us to do. But it is in that intimacy that overflows into mission. Now I just want to acknowledge, there are normal rhythms 
of life. You're going to go through different phases of life as you make room for Jesus and as you invite his presence and as you welcome his transformation over time. Some of us are at a place right now, you're like, man, the presence of God is just so close to me. You know, it's just, he's just, a, he's not a long distance call. He's right there. You know what I'm saying? And some of you are at a place right now where you're like, I'm not really sure where Jesus is in this journey and I'm sort of struggling. I just want to acknowledge that you're going to go through these, you're going to go through phases some days you're, you're, you're way up, and we learn, to, we learn to give glory to God and thank him when it's easy. You know, it's just he's, he's just he's close. And then sometimes he takes us into the valley, and he takes us into the dark places. We preached about we go through wilderness seasons. So what I don't want you to hear today is if you're walking through a wilderness season or a trial or a season of doubt or something like that, that, that something is, is drastically wrong. I actually believe God has great work that he wants to do. In fact, he's, he's developing intimacy in a different way in those seasons. Okay. We're being transformed a little bit at a time. We said last week, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we have unveiled faces. Paul writes, uh, we contemplate the Lord's glory and we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So in that place, personal discipleship, relational discipleship, transformational discipleship, we are then sent out on mission as an overflow of the intimacy that we have with Christ. Um, you could look at a lot of things when you think about mission. We talk about going, and we have trips. People go. You know, we're sent to different places. Some of us are sent around the world. Some of us are sent across the street or whatever, but we're called to go. We're called to give. You know, that's a very real thing. If you're saying, well, how do I, how do I get on mission? Like, how do I? Well, you may be called to go. You're called to give, uh, called to support the mission in some ways. So sometimes uh, I'm on the front lines of a ministry. Sometimes I'm helping somebody else get to the front lines of a ministry, and both of those are very valid. So we we're on mission in our going. We're on mission in our giving. We're on mission in our praying. Uh, and I, I love that, that even today, you know, we bring some missionaries in and they, they're going to pray for us. Uh, and that's how it should be, right? So we're helping send and pray and bless them and they're blessing us right back in prayer. I love that. Um, and we serve. You know, as, as, we, as we serve, we serve with a heart that is on mission. So let's come to these four words as we, as we look at Jesus saying this. Um, I want you to see verse 17 in Matthew 28. I want you to look good and hard at this one. Um, you could make the argument that this could have been written better. You know, it's like, this is about Jesus getting ready to send out his disciples into all the world. The global mission is gonna happen. So it's like, these guys are ready to go. They are on top of, they're on their A game. But here's what it actually says. It says, they saw him they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I thought, that's a pretty good description of what it's like to follow Jesus, actually. And the, the word I'm giving this is just simply authentic, that we are honest about our doubt, and we are sincere in our worship. Uh, missional discipleship goes pretty far if we can be honest and authentic in those areas. This idea that, um, you know, we shouldn't ever have a doubt. We should never, you know, be in the valley. We shouldn't ever be wondering. The fact of the matter is, we need to embrace those different times. I was thinking about things like this. Blaise Pascal, what a great thinker. Uh, he said this. He said, if I saw nothing there which revealed a divinity, I would come to a negative conclusion. In other words, God's just not there. 
He said, if I saw everywhere the signs of a creator, I would remain perfectly or peacefully in faith. And here's the haunting quote. I didn't realize it was Blaise Pascal who first said it when I heard this, but here's what he says. But seeing too much to deny and too little to be sure, I'm in a state to be pitied. What's he doing? He's being honest with the reality that sometimes, yeah, it's too much to deny, but sometimes it feels like there's too little to be sure. And if we're authentic about that in our journey, it keeps us from deconstructing a faith that has never been fully formed to begin with. So Tim Keller used to say this. He would say a Christian who has not paid attention to their doubts is like a person whose physical body has no antibodies. A body with no antibodies is susceptible to anything and will break down very quickly. But it's even as we go through the the strain, the trial, the difficulty, the doubt, that we actually begin to develop a certain sense of endurance. So the idea, you know, everybody's deconstructing their faith. You know, the last few years, I just hear, oh, deconstructing, deconstructing. It's like this buzzword. Everybody's deconstructing. And I, I think what's happening is this, that deconstruction is actually the collapse of an untested faith. And it's faith of disciples who don't have endurance. Uh, you, you think about the parable of the sower and the shallow roots and all of that kind of stuff. Like, so we need to pay attention to our doubts. I think that's a gift that right here on the cusp of we're going to be out missional. We're going to take over the world. We're going to make an impact. All of this kind of stuff that Jesus is going to put on. Here's his own disciples and they worshiped him. And some doubted. It's okay to be authentic in that way. But allow your pursuit and your understanding of your doubts to work you through toward greater endurance. That's, a, that's an important word for us. Authentic is the first one. The second one is authoritative. Uh, not that we are to be authoritative. It is that we are to understand the authority under which we are sent. Verse 18, Jesus made it very clear. He says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And it's under that context that he says, now you go. If we wrestle with this well, and if we do some business with this, then it helps us to understand when we are being sent out into what is essentially an impossible mission, how do you change a heart? How do you change a life? How do you change a community? You don't. You can't. But Jesus says, under his authority, you will. So you don't have it in you as a missional disciple to just say, oh, I'm just gonna go and make a change. It actually, again, it humbles us. We learn then to cultivate the authority to speak on behalf of the one who sends us and calls us his ambassador. So, so here's the truth, and I've said this kind of thing to you before. When I get up to preach in front of you, I don't have a whole lot of good things to say. So I spend a lot of time on my knees with the Lord. And I say, Lord, if I can't speak in your authority, I don't want to speak at all. If I don't go in your presence, I don't want to go at all. And I come with a lot of fear and trembling, and I know many of you that are serving in ministry in a variety of ways. Allow the Holy Spirit to keep you humble so that you can cultivate the authority, which is ultimately the anointing of Christ over your life in ministry. And we do this through intimacy. Uh, I thought about this in the realm of authority. Uh, it's not funny, but I find it a little chuckling because it wasn't me, I guess. Um, Acts 19 
Um, you don't have to flip over there if you don't want to, but in Acts 19, there's all kinds of activity happening. God's moving, the church is growing, uh, spiritual things are happening, and, and, and a lot of walls are coming down, etc. And there's a story of the sons of Siva. How many of you know that story? Yeah. So the sons of Siva are casting out demons in the name of Jesus. But they don't have the authority of Christ or the intimacy of Christ. And so in one situation, they've gathered together and they're praying and they're, they're doing their, their work or their ministry or whatever. And they, and they say, we're casting you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the response from the demon is, Jesus we know and Paul we've heard of, but who are you? Incidentally, that's a, that's a pause moment. I don't know how you're doing in your deliverance ministry. That's not the answer you want to hear. And then they get set upon and beat up by these demons. So they, they have not cultivated the authority to be in that place of mission. So we understand that as we go, humbly, we get on our knees and we ask for, uh, to, be, to be submitted under the authority of Christ. So that's important. We're authentic. We understand authority. The third word that we gave you is active and I just love this, when you look at verse 19, it actually just gives us a lot of clarity about the nature of the mission. What is it that we're called to do? And he says, go and make disciples of all nations, so it's a global kind of thing. It's a confessional kind of thing that we're encouraging faith and repentance in Christ. It's a personal deal. It's an identifying with Christ. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you are baptized, you are saying, I'm making a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. I am acknowledging who he is. Not just a private decision I've made in my own heart and life, which is good, but I'm making that a public thing. Now, uh, here's, uh, and, and then teaching, teaching the things of Jesus. So there's clarity that comes as we are active in our mission. Here's a little plug I'd like to give you. Some of you are gonna go, oh, this could be for me. We are getting ready for Easter. Not that far away, it's early this year. Right at the, at the end of uh, March, we're coming up to Easter. I was thinking, one thing that we have never done uh, that I, in, at least in my memory, is have baptisms on Easter Sunday morning. And I've sensed the Lord say, we're some people that are ready to get baptized. Let's do this on Easter Sunday morning. So I'm gonna put the call out to you. If, you've got your, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you bow your knee to the Lordship of Christ, you say, I wanna come into my life and save me and my sin and all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna live on mission for Jesus. But you've never made that public profession of faith through baptism. You got an opportunity. Uh, I wanna encourage you to be a living testimony to the reality of the resurrection. And what better day to do that than on Easter Sunday morning? Somebody say amen to that. All right, so you're thinking about that. Some of you maybe pray about it. Talk to me, talk to Pastor Aiden, talk to Pastor Seth, talk to one of our staff, reach out to us. We would love to have you involved with that as we work toward Easter Sunday. So we're active. And, and listen, when we are teaching the things of Christ and baptizing in the name of Christ, we are on mission exactly as Jesus has called us to be. So it's not that difficult. And then the last thing is this. We have this wonderful assurance. Jesus says, after he's sending out his disciples and sending us out on mission, he says, and surely I will be with you. And I'll tell you what, when you're in the middle of a spiritual battle and when you're wrestling with doubt authentically, 
And when you're dealing with all the stuff of the world and you're, and you're fighting against the flesh and you're fighting against the devil and the, 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 the cultural uh, norms of the world, like all of this kind of stuff, this is part of what it is to follow Jesus. And he said, it's not gonna be easy, but it is gonna be worth it. There's a beautiful promise here. Here's the assurance. I will be with you. Emmanuel, he came as Emmanuel, God with us. It's not just a Christmas message, but that is our missional assurance that he'll be with us. Okay, so we're going, and we're giving, and we're praying, and we're serving, because discipleship is missional. Would you ask the Lord today, Lord, what would you have me do? We've talked throughout this series about just making a little bit of space, Lord, what would you have me do? Uh, As you're doing that, and as you take that challenge into your week, We actually want to conclude our service with what is a really special thing. I mentioned that we elected some new leaders uh, to come uh, to serve the church in a variety of ways. I'm going to ask anybody uh, that's here, and and, and many of our leaders are here, not all of them, but many of them are here today. If you are a newly elected leader or were previously serving, so anybody that is in an elected position, elder, officer, trustee, care team, uh, I want to ask you just to come up and join me up here on the platform. We want to do just a couple of things to honor you, uh, to pray for you, and essentially to commission you. So you guys start making your way up here. And uh, as they come up, um, let's give them a little thanks for their willingness to serve. That's going to be my... And Aiden, can you please bring a microphone? Thank you. See, look at it. Servant-hearted. Brings me a water running out of voice, but we're almost done with the service, so that's good. Um, I would like you guys just to do a quick introduction of yourself, uh, name, and how you're serving, and then we're, we're going to share a couple words and, uh, and pray over you as a church. So let's start down here with Dave and just pass the microphone down. I'm Dave Bowers. I'm the treasurer. Judy Bowers, care team. Don Jones, board of elders. Ashley Holloman, board of elders. Scott Miller, trustee. Dean Lapp, care team. Roger Young, care team. Lee Bishop, care team. Wes Miller, board of elders. Uh, Mark Hilliard, and along with my wife, Mary, uh, care team. Right here. Rob Cathcart, care team. George Arnold, trustees. Bob Whitaker, elder. Barbara Ryan, care team. Beth Shedd, care team. Rob Shedd, care team. Jenny Storch, care team. Ando and Judy Podwell, care team. And Keith Walker, church secretary and elder. All right, thank you guys. You can just hold on to that microphone for a minute. I'd like you guys to just step up this way and then sort of face toward me, if you would. You probably just heard a lot of people talk about being on the care team. We actually have several different uh, groups that serve in a variety of different ways uh, on our care team. But here's what I'd like to do uh, just with these few uh, minutes. I want to speak to you guys first uh, and let the church kind of uh, surrounding you. It's sort of appropriate that you can kind of uh, sit in on this. The first thing we want to say is thank you to you recognizing that your willingness to put your leadership into circulation here 
probably means that you're saying no to other things. You're making sacrifices to serve and to be on mission in that way. And so we just want to acknowledge that as a church family uh, before them to say thank you for your serving. I think it'd be appropriate for us just to acknowledge that with our applause. I want to note with you that your role and the ways in which you're serving is a vital part of the body of Christ. Uh, the piece that I have often thought about when I think about us serving in the ways that we do is that long after we're done, and maybe we're after some of us are dead and gone, right? We're not in these positions anymore, that there will be a remnant that is left behind. There will be something that, that has happened because of your service. And what I think about, especially when we see these little kids that are helping us today in the service and all that stuff, like somebody is going to put their faith in Christ for the first time right here at this church. Somebody's gonna get baptized and take the plunge and say, I'm making a public profession of my faith. Somebody's gonna get a call to ministry. Somebody is gonna experience healing. Somebody's gonna experience uh, a personal or relational healing. A marriage might be saved. All of these things that can happen because of the work that has been left behind. And that is a building of the foundation. So I hope that just encourages you a little bit when you think about what we are doing now is setting the stage for that which will come. And so today, friends, we want to commission you as a church to your role of service for our good king. Would you remember that your calling is ultimately not to a task, but is to a person, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. May you be dependent on him, and may you experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as you lead and as you serve. So if I thought to myself, well, what's one thing I would hope for you, ask for you, pray for you, and I do. I pray that you would experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as you serve and as you lead. So friends, will you pledge today to serve with humility? Will you seek the benefit of others? Will you embrace your role as a part of the beautiful big picture, recognizing that your thing is not the big picture in and of itself, but it is an important part? Will you watch your life and doctrine carefully, Remembering that you represent not only our church, but the Savior for whose glory this church exists. Will you submit to those in authority over you so that their task may be a joy and not a burden? If your heart resonates with those charges before you today, would you simply respond by saying, we will. We will. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand back up here facing out to the church and then we want to just uh, say a prayer of blessing over you. So church, this uh, group represents uh, several leaders who are going to be serving you in a variety of ways in the coming year, and I want to just ask you if you would join me in prayer for them as we commission them for the year ahead, okay? Father, we're grateful, and we bless each and every one of these men and women. We thank you for the gifts that you've given to them. We thank you for their willingness to say yes to you and to serve, and Lord, I just pray that this coming year would be filled with all kinds of joys Sometimes we get the joy of persevering through something that's difficult. Sometimes we get the joy of just being encouraged in a way that we didn't expect. Sometimes we get the joy of you saying, I've got a, a new thing for you to do or some new ground that you're, gonna, that you're gonna help break. And so, Lord, we're just grateful today. And we ask for the fullness of your Holy Spirit uh, to fall on each one that their connection with you would be sweet, that the, the work that they do and the mission that they are a part of would truly be born out of the overflow of intimacy 
that you desire to have in each one of them. So we honor these leaders together today. We thank you for them, and we bless them in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. amen.